0: This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. There's lightning in the area, guys, so you know what that means. So. Hold on to a golf club or something. Golf your steel soul cheese.
1: You're now listening to the Dale Jr. download presented by Spy. Check out Dale Jr.'s signature Dirty Mo sunglasses from Spy at spyoptics.com.
0: Hey, everybody, it's Junior. Just got home from Michigan. It's a pretty long day. When I got up on top of the pit box during the last rain shower, I was really surprised to find out it was six o'clock or a quarter deal. just didn't feel like it was that late, but it you know it drug on and on, so that was that was a the deal there. That was a big old shower, so it just wasn't enough time for them to sort it out and it, it rained pretty good after that, so I think they made the right call. They have pretty good technology these days where in years past they'd had to sit around and sort of wait. You know, to be honest with you, I didn't think our car was that good all weekend. We, you know, we were a top 15 car, sometimes a top 10 car. Every once in a while, getting a little close to the top five throughout practice and so forth. We'd go out and make a run that I was real happy with. Go back out and struggle with some balance issues. So the car wasn't really as consistent as I had seen it in past trips there. And so... um I was, I was kind of concerned we'd been so strong for so, you know, the last couple of years we've been pretty strong there. Anyhow, you know, the whole weekend uh, we worked real hard to try to find that consistency in the car and get the balance of the car. We didn't qualify well again. Uh, we should be qualifying in the top 10. Certainly we should be making that last round, and on a regular basis we're struggling just to get into the top 24, so that's been a real Frustrating thing because we have the speed in the races. You know, it's obvious to everyone that we've got good, fast cars on Sunday. We just, I'm either just not a hot lapper or uh, we just can't find something that makes me comfortable. We've had a couple races this year where I thought we were turning things around, come out of the gate pretty strong, qualifying well, but it just hasn't, you know, it's sort of reverted back to our old standard. Anyhow, Josh won in the late model. On Saturday night, I was able to watch that on fanschoice.tv. It's a great way to be able to tune into some of your local short tracks. Hopefully that sort of thing grows and there's more opportunity across the country to see some of these local racers. You know, there's there's some uh, negatives in that. I think, you know, the track owners will be worried that people won't come out and watch the races. But I don't know that it doesn't actually get people to see their show and see that it's a good show to come see, raise a little awareness for the track. And plus, I mean, I'm, I'm in Michigan watching the Langley race. I can't go to Langley. So it's just a great way for me to tune in, talk about it on social media, drive some awareness there. So I think it's a win for the, the local tracks to get that kind of exposure, obviously. And Cole won the truck race, which uh, I tell you, that kid is something else. He, he is a hard little racer. So fun to watch him because he digs so hard on every restart and on every lap of the race. You can see him trying to get everything he can get, and it's fun to watch. And that team's just got a lot to prove. they got a chip on their shoulder to go out there and, and prove themselves, and I, I think that that helps that team a lot because uh, <laughs> old number double zero and, and got a young kid and nobody had known or heard about Cole. They just got a chip on their shoulder. They race like it, and I think it's pretty cool to see. But – um I don't, anyhow, we, uh, I, was, I was looking forward to getting the race started because the track hadn't really rubbered up that much. And I didn't really remember this until about, you know, 50 laps into the race. But over the last several years when we've ran at Michigan, our car gets better as the race goes on. As the more rubber gets down, it seems like these other guys start to struggle. They're, they lose a little grip, and we just get better. So that's what was happening today. We, we took off. I wasn't too excited about the car. We did have to start and stop because of the rain coming and going, but while we were out there running, I wasn't really any better than the guy in front of me. I wasn't any better than the guy behind me. I was just kind of sitting there stuck. But as the track got darker, more rubber got down, we got on a long run there and heading toward halfway, and the track got real dark, and I was able to, uh, you know, we put a lot of rubber down. I was able to move up the groove in turn three and four. I don't know if I'm sure I probably was the only one up there, but I was having real good success running real high right against the edge of the groove in turn three and four. And that was a good place to go in turn one and two to pass, but it wasn't the fastest way around in one and two if you were by yourself. So I still ran in the middle of one and two like everyone else pretty much. But anyways, uh, we had this long run And I, you know, I was working on my track bar and making that thing work for me. And I was able to use it to pass people. I I was kind of struggling. And then I started working on the handle on the car. And when we took off, passed about four cars there, five cars, moved into the top five, moved into the top uh, two there, got up there behind the four car, started matching his lap times before we all started cycling through our pit stops. He had a flat tire. he should have won the race, probably would have won the race, and that left it up to the forty one or myself the seventy eight the forty two stayed out he took a gamble which almost worked out for him and uh the forty one had to get short run speed to take off and get the lead there when it counted and that was kind of frustrating, but again we weren't we weren't a Short run car hadn't been all weekend, hadn't had that kind of speed right out of the gate like we had seen there in the past. But after 10, 15 laps, we we're as good as the four, which was the best car. So we're gonna have to take second this time. It's a little frustrating, but I don't know if I even wanna win those range shortened races cause you don't really get no credit for them anyways. At least I never did. So we're going to uh, get on a plane tomorrow I haven't been on a commercial flight since 9-11, and uh, I'm going to Germany. I started about five years ago to track my genealogy. What started as uh, just a little curiosity about what my uh, great-grandfather's name was, what he was, who he was, what he was like, you know, I wanted to know more about Ralph's dad. Uh, What started as just curiosity to know that turned into chasing the line and the, the, the layers and peeling back all this information to find out more and more and get more and more curious, really. And uh, I sought the help of a lot of people to find out more and more over the last five years. I made a promise to myself probably four or five years ago that I would go to Germany, where my ancestors are from, when I turned 40. So I turned 40 this year, and I'm using one of these off weeks to go. Uh, We've got some places that we're going to go see I know the exact town that my family lived in, so I'm going there. Go check out the church, drink some of the beer, and just take it easy. We, you know, we're not really going to go nutty sightseeing and stuff like that. We're just going to kind of collapse into the culture and environment uh, that is this very small town that we're we're from, and just spend a few days taking it in. It, uh, I'm not really one of those kind of people that like to go to the to the museums or the landmarks, you know, and get in all that. I just kind of want to, I like to go and almost pretend like I'm just one of the people that live there and just, you know, go to the pub and drink a beer and then go eat some good food and just sit around and do nothing. Anyhow, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure Amy and Kelly L.W., they got different ideas of what they think this trip's going to be like, and I'll probably have to compromise, but I know I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a good time. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the download. Take it easy.
2: I tell you what man that's that's some awesome stuff right there. That is Dale Earnhardt jr. This is the Dale junior download presented by spy with Mike Davis and Amanda Wolfmeyer. I'm Taylor zarzer uh God I have so much respect for that man Mike it is so cool that uh kelly and and Dale and amy uh and l w are doing that um uh, they're gonna that's gonna be one of the most rewarding trips of their entire lives and I think they're doing it the right way, too. We'll, we'll get to the race in a second, but I don't know how we don't start there. That's that's a pretty cool way to spend an off week.
3: I'm glad he's doing it, and I hope it is rewarding for him as it could be because that man has spent a lot of time on this genealogy thing. I can't, I, I can't even begin to tell you, and I won't. I, I'll just say, just trust me on that. He has spent a lot of time. He is passionate about it. So to get to go to an area where your ancestors came from, you know, to a village, I mean think about that. That that's a it's a remarkable thing and not a lot of people get that opportunity to do it. I I would love to do it for uh for my family. And maybe one day I will, but I'm so happy for him. I hope this next week I hope he gets relaxed and recharged, but I also hope that it uh you know proves to be everything that he thinks it could be uh in
2: going to this village. You know uh, a funny story about that genealogy tracing you're talking about. He he's been doing that for years. Yeah. And uh Auburn was playing Arkansas in college football and we were racing in Texas and we were on uh, Junior's bus and Stevie was on there and uh, TJ and, and Junior and me and, and the dogs and everybody's going crazy about the game. And, and Ju- I mean, Junior's on his computer and I was like, what are you doing? And he said, man, I'm, I'm tracing my genealogy. And Latart just, like, throws his hat. He's like, yeah. you see what I got to deal with? But uh, he has. He's been doing that for years. By the way, uh, no one will ever hear that conversation because I didn't record it. But that's anyway, right. That's <laughs>
3: <laughs> one of the one of the most infamous dirty mo radio stories of that first year the part where uh, uh, Taylor had an interview with Dell Jr. and only five uh, minutes of it got recorded. <laughs>
2: yeah. thank, thank God! <laughs> thank God! Amanda uh, joined us in year two. She would have shot me. That's right. All right. Uh, let's talk about this race. Yeah. It, it, it was really tough to get a feel. I mean, there was so many different emotions because you just never knew when it was going to stop and start. I think all of us had mixed a, a feelings about the car going into the race. Clearly, you can hear Junior did. and I, So I don't really know what any of us expected. I, before the chase starts... Dale Jr. has made it very clear that the objective is to win. You know, second is first loser. We're, we're going out there to try to win all these races, get as many bonus points as possible. It's all about winning. And I have to be honest with you, I, I just really didn't believe that the 88 had a car capable of winning. I don't know about you, but um, based off of what we saw over the weekend, I thought, okay, maybe they could slip into the top five or something, but there, something crazy is going to have to happen for the 88 to win. And, Uh, I I was really really impressed with the improvement they made from practice qualifying to the actual race on Sunday and uh, the longer the green flag run the the greater chance junior had of uh, checking off spots and and having a real chance of winning that race but when the uh, last yellow was thrown you, you knew it was over Mike.
3: Yeah, the, you know what? The, one of the most captivating things about Dale Jr.'s perspective and the audio that we just heard is just how much the track changed and not just the track but how the corners were different. I mean, like you're yeah. talking about having to uh, run – one and two in a different line than three and four. And then, oh, by the way, if you're by yourself or if you're making a pass, that matters. Think about all these variables that play out and then just throw the rain on top of it. And you're right, we are a long green flag type of team. We have been all year. That wasn't exclusive uh, this past weekend. And yet you didn't get many green flag runs or long green flag runs. You got a couple, but they really couldn't get going, which made it very difficult for the 88 team, I felt.
2: It did, uh, but ultimately, you know, you have to be very proud of the effort. Uh, he's right. There are people they are going to say, oh, it was a rain-shortened deal, but uh, I think that if if you watched enough of the race, you knew that uh, those were certainly drivers capable of winning. Uh, the, the Kurt Busch was capable of winning. Dale Jr. was capable of winning. Obviously, Kyle Larson did exactly what he should have done. Uh, you kind of feel for him, you know, because he – the, uh, he has to pit there for gas, and uh, obviously, if he had five more minutes of gas, then he probably wins the race. But uh, you have to do that when you're in the, the 42s uh, position. But he's right. He's been in that position before. The first win uh, that he had was a, a few-mileage win, obviously, a first win at Hendrick Motorsports. But uh, plenty of people try to take something away, I guess, uh, from you if you win a rain shortened deal. But I don't think that's something they're going to have to worry about in two weeks, uh, Mike, at Sonoma.
3: No, but let me just set the record straight. I have no problems winning a rain-short race. <laughs> I would take it, and I will sleep well that night. I promise you. Uh, but that is interesting to hear him say that. And there is some validity to the fact that you do yeah. have to hear those people that chirp at you if you win a rain shortened race. But let me tell you something. It's so hard to win a race. You take yeah. them how you can get them. And That's uh, true. Kyle Larson. And who was the other one? Carl Edwards. They almost Mm -hmm. stole. People don't realize how close they were of stealing that. I was talking to TJ, and TJ said, We could see the rain right behind us, not just the clouds. You could see the rain coming right for us. And it just, when it got to the track, it just kind of scooted around for a little bit. But it could have easily come, and it could have easily been Kyle Larson could have been your winner. Uh, yep. It could have been that easy. And Kyle Larson yeah. would have taken that win in a heartbeat. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just the way it played out.
2: It, it could have. Uh, Carl Edwards uh, could have been the winner, certainly. And Amanda's worst half could have been celebrating in victory lane for the second time. <laughs> Which nobody yes.
3: wants that except Amanda, just <laughs> so you know. She's <laughs> the only one that would have been smiling there. <laughs> you you yeah.
1: know as well as I do, when your other half is happy, it makes your home life a lot easier. That's true. <laughs> but, That's
3: but, true. but we're kind of your other half, too. Uh, yeah work, and That's we true. wouldn't have been happy. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> I think that
2: Kip's happiness is a little bit more important, or at least it should be. It should be. It was just a crazy, chaotic day, and uh, obviously the radio chatter was something we were all fascinated by, if you heard it. If you didn't, let's go through some of the highlights here, Amanda.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty wet
4: right up here in front of you. The rest of it's good. It just hit that one part of the track. Oh, in this area here it looks pretty wet to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. They'll have to get this.
2: That's crazy, man. I haven't got a drop yet. They are gonna bring
5: you on the pay road stop you?
2: That's your classic summer shower right there, Mike Davis. It's um, it's raining on one side of the of the building and it isn't on the other. Uh, one side of the track it's raining and it isn't on the other. I mean, if you you live in a in a hot climate this time of year, that's it's just crazy how those fluke showers pop up.
3: That's the way to describe it. TJ said it was absolutely crazy. The rain cells they would just show up. And you yeah. wouldn't see it. He said, the wreck with the 18, he goes, nobody even saw that rain shower come, but yet the drivers were reporting rain. So he's like, it, it was weird.
2: Now, d- another thing that Dale was a little concerned about were if the lugs were tight. Let's listen to this.
0: We, you know, we got a bore lug nuts on the right side. the uh, 4 changers felt they got all five. All right. Well, we just got a vibration of some kind.
2: Anytime you hear the wheelman say that, Mike Davis, it terrifies you, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, and that led to, like, a green flag based on the lap 84. I think that basically this is where I'm at with this at this point of the year. If we put out an end-of-the-year yearbook that recaps our season, the dang thing should vibrate. (laughs) Are you with me? I'm with you. I mean, it just should vibrate. You know, you could do it in stuffed animals and all these other things. The end of the yearbook should just vibrate, and that really will tell the story.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and you're right. So they came in on a green flag. four-cars day was ruined. Uh, during that time as well, I had a, a flat tire, so that was uh, big news during that time. And uh, at, at, I believe, at the next spot in the race uh, after the debris came out, uh, Greg Ives was looking to get that extra bonus point. Let's listen.
4: Oh, it's out for debris.
5: We are on the lead lap. We are on the lead lap, uh, tenth. We should be the leader if everybody in front of us pit. They haven't pitted yet. We are the leader if they all pit. Yeah,
0: That makes a
3: good sense to me. Pretty cool that uh, Greg has got a little of that LaTarte strategery in him, doesn't yes. he? Yes,
2: yes. That know? was some LaTarte strategery. But, yes. because,
3: because that's what that's one of the big things that you always talk about LaTarte, how great he was at calling races and strategy and all that stuff. And that was the one thing, while Greg is a brilliant guy, and you have no doubt that he can set up a car, you just didn't know how he was going to do calling these races. Well, I thought he called a magnificent race uh, this past week.
2: We're about to hear latart 's voice calling races in a different way Yeah, in two races from now. Well, the 19 and the 42 uh, stayed out. Uh, 19 has nothing to lose because he's already won a race. 42 has everything to lose. But when you're in a position like the 42 is, you absolutely want to get back into the chase. You're trying to win your first ever race. You've got to stay out and pray for rain. Here's what happened. I
5: think that 19 and the 42, maybe a couple others stayed out too, hoping praying for rain. Those guys were on a little bit different uh, fuel strategy. We would have been out of gas by right now. So we're sitting six right now. Hopefully it goes back green, and
2: we'll uh, we'll go get them. What was your thoughts right there, Mike, uh, when this was all going on? Did you think that the the 42 had a shot uh, to win this thing?
3: Well, I wasn't paying too close attention to what their fuel uh, fuel situation was. And so... I thought we had them better on tires mm-hmm. <laughs> than I thought we had them on fuel. Now, the 19 went and pitted. Did, I think the 19 pitted before they even went green. Did yeah, they not have like yes. uh, that
1: one lap to go? So, yep. That was when they came in. So
3: it was then that I realized, wow, if the 42 is anything like the 19, we got this, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's And then everybody
2: awkward. goes crazy on the re- uh, restart. Right. And uh, you tweet out that you will save your thoughts for this very moment.
3: Right. And, 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 I'll, and what I'll say on the restarts. Uh, A lot of people had some valid observations, but they jumped to conclusions on why he was doing that. In other words, why is Dale lagging back? He don't want to win? Now, come on, guys. (laughs) If he's lagging back, probably there's a reason, and there's a strategy involved in that. Now, if the strategy worked or not, that's another whole story. But basically, you lag back, especially if you're on the first row, because you've got to be going faster than the lead car when you take the green. If you're going to pass them, you got to. There's a reason why they're picking the outside line. That's because it was better. Now I'm not going to spend too much time on the outside versus inside. That was obvious for anybody watching the race. But that being said, if you're on the inside, you got to figure out a way to get around that outside. you got to. If you're not on the l- least preferable line, you've got to somehow figure out a way to make it work. Right. And Dale's uh, uh, strategy there was to lag back a half a car length and actually be going faster than the lead car when they took the green flag to make the pass. That's the only way you can do it. If you're side-by-side, side, not only can you yeah. not really gauge that, you can't see when the, st- when the leader's starting. You've got to start before the leader. It's easier to do this when you're back in the pack, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, who's really paying attention to back in the pack if you're lagging back and everything? But when you're the leader or when you're on the front row, if you're side-by-side st- side with that leader and you go and you're trying to be faster than the leader and the leader doesn't go, you know what? You just got black flagged.
2: Honestly, anyone that's ever watched a race should be able to understand what you just said.
3: But you know what? I mean, you know, some people can make the argument well, he should have been more aggressive. You know what? I'm not even going to dispute that. He Being could've... more
2: aggressive would
3: have cost him more spots. It, it could have. It, yeah. co- it could have got him a win. It could have got him more spots. I'm going to tell you I, I this. Think,
2: you know what? I think what he did and what you, and the way you just described it is absolutely the right way to do it. Here's
3: I, how let's... I thought our best chance of winning was is if that, co- yeah. that race would have gone 20 more laps. Because we're better long. Without flag question,
2: yeah. Because more gr- more rubbers down on the track. Hey, look, Mike. Look, if somebody wants to criticize Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the '88 team, criticize qualifying. Right. I, I can't. Right. I can't defend that. Right. I mean, Dale. Ju- you just heard Dale Jr. earlier. He can't defend it. That's right. Everybody's everybody's frustrated. They're disappointed. You want to criticize this team right now? Criticize qualifying. There's no point in criticizing the restart. That just to me, that's just silly. Well, to me, it's like people
3: if if. If you're a baseball fan and you're a, ba- a fan of a baseball team and you watch all 162 games, and then you lose your mind after a pitcher gives up a walk. Yeah. I mean, there's this is such a long season. Now I know right. I get it. We were close to a victory there. We finished second. We, you know, if we were to beat, uh, if we'd have beat Larson off of that uh, that restart and held on and, and been able to hold off Kurt Busch, yeah, and, and Kevin Harvick not come up whatever. Uh, the, the, the car had plenty of speed he just didn't beat larson on that restart he was at a disadvantage and he wasn't able to make up that advantage i don't think it's a reason to sit there and call him like he's not aggressive enough or he's a you know he's been killing it on restarts this year
2: great stuff on the race all right so uh sonoma is uh coming up in two weeks we hadn't done this in a while let's speed dial <laughs> speed dial well i'm glad we're bringing back speed dial amanda i I'd like to reintroduce everybody here on the podcast, just in case you're tuning in for the first time. This is the Dale Junior Download. I'm the host. I'm Taylor Zarzer. Mike Davis is the Lord of the podcast, I guess, unofficially. I don't know if that would fit on a pod on a business card. We'll and try. Amanda certainly is in control. Now, I'm a little nervous about who we have on Speed Dial, Mike, because. This man has hosted his own sort of podcast radio shows with very popular drivers. Yeah. Uh, Matt Yocum is one of the very best broadcasters associated with motorsports, has been in the pits for years, primarily uh, with Fox. But I-, I have to ask you, Mike, are you having Matt Yocum on to replace me?
3: No, I'm asking uh, Matt to come on to uh, give me advice.
2: Oh, uh, okay. I mean,
3: I figure you've got it figured out. You, and, you guys have a lot in common. He had to deal with smoke. Right. And that's probably the problems you have with me, you know? (laughs) And so Matt probably has a lot of uh, pointers for us all. Matt, are you there? Hey,
4: guys. How you doing?
3: Man, I hope you didn't uh, get bored listening to all that stuff that we were just talking (laughs) about you. But uh, listen.
4: Number one, let me just say this. Yeah. That I I do have, even though I'm on the phone, I feel like I've got on my bulletproof vest because you never know what Mike Davis is going to pull. Now, what does that even mean? I mean, come on. I
2: know exactly what that means.
4: I think everybody knows what that means. If you've listened to the podcast one time, you might as well have listened to it for, you know, 2,500 times because we all know that nobody (laughs) is more creative in getting somebody or paying somebody back uh, with out-of-the-box ideas than Mike Mm. Davis. Matt, I think... They always come in, you know, it's kind of like a... You know, you're like one of the Walendas without the safety net. You just, you've got to be careful. You've got to sense the wind's changing. You just never know what can happen.
3: Matt, with all due respect, when I prank someone, you're usually in it with me. Is that not is that not correct? You were well, in the biggest prank that we pulled, buddy. You were uh, you were right there with me. You were involved in that. the
4: It's one of those things where you feel like you want to jump on board because you don't want it to come back around to you, but I will say, <laughs> one of if the not best prank I have ever heard uh, and been a part of was you know the Hunt Brothers Pizza.
3: That's right. It, that was a JRM 360 last year where we got Tyler Overstreet, who at the time was Kevin Harvick's PR rep. He is yep. now uh, largely because of the way he handled himself. I was actually I, I was impressed that through that prank. I was impressed by how he handled himself. He's now moved on. Wait, to wait, wait, Dale wait, Jr. wait. So
2: because of the way he handled that yeah, prank Matt, with Harvick, you yeah. promoted him to handling Dale Junior.
3: Well, I, it definitely impressed me. And Matt, you can back me up. We really tried to make Tyler's life hell. Uh, it was an interview that Yoakum no, no, was no, 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 Mike,
4: stop right there. We didn't try. We did. We did <laughs> yeah. make his life hell. That's
3: right. And Yoakum was a big part of that. Uh, he, yeah. And so, but the fact is, is that we expected Tyler to either quit. Or get really mad. And he didn't do either one. He actually he kept his composure. Wouldn't you say that, Matt?
4: Well, I think if you, if you take away the incident with the cell phone, oh, that's where right. he threw the cell phone, <laughs> I, I think besides the cell phone incident, uh, he handled himself pretty well. I think that if it had gone on another week, he probably would have you know, sought out some kind of uh, psychiatric help. <laughs> because he would have needed to debrief his inner self after all of the the mess that we put him through. Um, Taylor. But, uh, my one question, I know he's been promoted, and uh, now he's working with Dale Jr. on the Cup side every weekend. Did you get cell phone insurance? Did Kelly take out cell phone insurance? <laughs>
3: so no, just
4: in case there is any kind of issue that comes up, because we know he's got a past.
3: Yeah. Once you check the
4: cell phone, always check the cell phone.
3: That's right. There's a little temper there. I don't think it goes away just depending on what driver you work for. I know that
2: uh, we can tell stories all day long, but i got to hear some stories about this Suave Men's Heritage event that Matt was part of with Dale, with uh, Regan Smith, and, of course, um, this is Dale Sr.'s barber, uh, Steve Ellsworth, that was also part of this the other day. And um, Matt, I believe you get your hair cut also by Steve. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, Steve Ellsworth is really more of like the barber to the motorsports stars. Uh, Take me out of the mix because I'm not one. But you look at the fact that through the years, uh, you know, Dale, uh, the Big E went there. uh, Kevin Bono Mannion went there. Steve Park went there. uh, You know, on and on. And, uh, you know, the Big E was, was almost like the welcome wagon. When I first moved to Charlotte, you know, I got my insurance, Steve Cook, Nationwide. Um, <laughs> That's right. You know, went to Ellsworth to get my hair cut. Mm. And, uh, and on and on, all because the Big E pointed out okay, this is where you go. This is where you go here. This is where you go there. And, uh, but it was neat. When you walked into the, the suite where they had the event, it was like walking back into time. You walked through the doorway and the walls, it looked like an old time 1930s, 40s barbershop, uh, beautifully laid out authentic barber chairs and they flew steve ellsworth up from kannapolis north carolina Uh, he trimmed up some of the jrm boys and uh, took part uh, uh, in the event itself and it was really fantastic the the length that suave men went to and uh, you know everybody was really into it Uh, a great turnout uh, media wise very impressive it was almost to the point where they were going to have to start turning people away because the room was so packed Uh, but it was it was a fantastic event and uh uh, you know, it's just one of those events where when you see what people put into it, um, you know, they spent three days putting the room together. And, and I think that says a lot about suave men and, and their association with JRM and NASCAR and also the, the lengths that they go to, you know, because of who they're associated with. And I, I think it was just a win-win all the way around.
2: Dale Jr. the other day claimed that he didn't really ever have a mullet, though some people would question that. Mike Davis, I'm curious if you would. Matt Yokum uh, did... Jr. get some pushback at this event the other day about whether or not he actually wore a mullet?
4: I would say he could go before Congress. When you watch television, C-SPAN, you've got somebody up there and they're before you know some kind of House, Senate, you know, subcommittee, and they're being interrogated, and they give a great political answer. Jr. could have been perfect in that situation. He talked about the mullet but not quite admitted that he had one, but he kind of had one. So, uh, you know, it was funny, you know, talking about, you know, he would borrow Kelly's hair care products when they were young because it didn't really matter, uh, you know, whether when you're single, you're young, if it's available, you'll use it. And, you know, Junior pointed out now, it's like now that you're educated, you realize you've got to use products made for men. A, so it doesn't smell all flowery when you walk into a room. But B, just, you know, all the, the ingredients in that product made for guys. So I learned a lot by being a part of uh, the whole swab Men uh, function, just about, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to put oil in your car. If you live in Alaska, you're not going to put the same kind of oil in your car as someone that lives in Daytona Beach, Florida.
3: Let's be real clear, though, Matt. Dale Jr. absolutely had a mullet back in the day. <laughs> the, the, it wasn't exactly like Billy Ray Cyrus mullet, but it was it was definitely like Kenny Powers mullet. How would it compare to Ricky Stenhouse? I would say,
4: Mike, I would say that Ricky Stenhouse tried to give him a, a really good run for his money. Yeah. yeah. When F- Stenhouse had his mullet. And I'm not so sure Ricky got there. Because, I mean, Junior had a mullet. No, I don't think he did. I think, I think Ricky got to the point where he realized that he just could not stand up to the competition. <laughs> That's <laughs> because right. Because people were going to start pulling out tape measures and templates. And just seeing how close he could get to the Dale Jr. mullet, well, and he realized, look, I, I, I'm not—I don't have the game. Listen, I can't get there. So Ju- that's why, all of a sudden, one day, he just went out, uh, got his hair cut, came home. Danik was like, "Whoa, hey!" Had no idea you were going to get your hair cut. And so there you go. Well, well it's gone. Girlfriend's happy.
3: Junior's mullet
4: inspired
3: a commercial. Junior's mullet—I mean, the Napa commercial from last year. They looked at just photos that Dale Jr. looked like back when he was sixteen, and that's what they came out with—the wig, that the mullet wig that he wore in that commercial—that wasn't made up. That's what Jr. looked
2: like. It it could have been a bit exaggerated.
3: No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, yeah. no. I've seen pictures, man. And then, then let's not even talk about the bleach blonde uh, phase. And Yocum, both of you guys, y'all know about that. That was in the you know when he got yeah. into the Bush series and he you know went and bleached his hair.
4: You know, not to throw not to throw our man on the bus. I don't think he could have pulled off the old, I've been lying by the pool quite a bit, and it just sun bleached itself out naturally.
3: No, no, I don't no, think he, was, yeah. No, that's there was happening. product in
2: there for sure. There's no question about that. <laughs> I
4: mean, Stewart showed up at Pocono one year, and he had something similar. I mean, he's got that jet black hair, and he had some stuff working. In fact, I asked him, yeah. might have even been on the air. I said, do you have a new helmet this weekend? And he was like, no, why? It's a same one I've had the past of years. Well, maybe it's the glue inside the helmet or something's, <laughs> something's leaking into your hair because your hair looks a little bit lighter.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff. Before you let Yokum run, I, I want to know uh, your thoughts on, on Michigan, everything that happened with the rain starting and stopping, when, when the weather was coming and Larson's gamble. Uh, junior, obviously, uh, and the boys had a great day, finishing second right behind uh, Kurt Busch. But just your thoughts on how everything unfolded.
4: Never really got a good feel for the day too many starting and stoppings, uh, waiting for the, the track to dry out, running laps on the track. It just seemed like it was one of those days where you can't get a good feel. Nobody ever could get their arms around uh, the racetrack because of the huge weather swings. And, uh, you know, and you're sitting there and the, the rain is just jamming on you. Then all of a sudden, two minutes later, the sun's out and the temperature is spiking up. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing. It, it was really funny. It reminded me at one point, Davis will remember this. We were back at Atlanta, probably 2003, 2004, massive rainstorm all afternoon. We're in a huge rain fill on television. And so I went to Junior's bus. So we sat down. In fact, Chris Okonomacki in his column, his weekly column, said the most interesting interview he had heard in a long time. And it was my interview with Junior. And we talked about everything from... Uh, at the time, he had the boxing ring, and how he and Tony Jr. would would box, and uh, you know when they were kids, one was a lefty, one was a righty, so they only had one pair of boxing gloves, and of course, Jr. said he was a bleeder, so he <laughs> he didn't last long, and it went from there to the fact that he is huge into grilling, and he just bought a George Foreman grill, and the reason why he bought it was because George has a lot of kids, so he was trying to help them out. <laughs> I and do it remember just went this. On and on from there, so. Uh, You know, the things that pop up into your mind when you're standing there, your feet are soaking wet, and there's about two inches of water rushing through the garage. Uh, And as people are on golf carts, it's almost like uh, you're in one of those amphibious cars that you see somebody will have out on the lake, and it's just got a big wake coming up over the top of the hood and stuff because there's so much rain.
3: That's good stuff there, Matt. I do remember that. Um, I had forgotten about it, but, yeah, you're right. I remember that with the George Foreman grill and everything. But those rain delays actually give you guys good opportunities to really get some good interviews. Do you agree?
4: I think that's one of the great opportunities that we have to showcase that these guys are real people, great personalities, and they're the kind of guys that you want to go out and have a beer with. When you watch other sports, and not to knock any other sport. But I never get the sense where, hey, you know what, this is the kind of guy I'd like to have a backyard barbecue with or go, you know, do this or do that with. Uh, Because the the NASCAR driver is so engaged with the fan, so much takes place that people never know about. And and I'll tell you, the charity stuff they do. I remember at Texas one year, uh, a friend of mine at the Speedway gave me a letter and said, you're going to love this. Because they know I love the human interest type stuff and and to bring it out. And it was a letter from a little girl who was a -a make-a-wish kid. And Junior does so much stuff at Make-A-Wish. And so we were in a rain delay on the air, and Junior and I had talked back and forth. I said, you know what, Dale? I said, so many people don't know that before we did the interview this morning, you're with a Make-A-Wish kid, and you give back so much, and you never publicize it. You always try to keep it on the download to make it special for that you know, young child that's battling a life-threatening cancer or, or a life-threatening disease. And so, but I've got a letter here, and I want to read it. And I read it on air. And it was from this little girl who, a year and a half earlier, had been a -a make-a-wish kid, had met Dale. And she wanted him to know that she was doing well, she was in remission, and that she had sent along a picture of what she looked like that day so that he would know how well she was doing. And it meant so much to her at that time, and then as days went on, the time that he had spent with her. Uh, especially during that illness, and uh, she just wanted to say thank you, and he was just so touched. And we got done with the interview, and he's like, do you think I can have that? I said, it's, it's actually mailed to you here at the Speedway. It's, it's yours, you know. He's like, thanks, I really want to keep that. And I think that's the kind of stuff that a lot of times we get a chance to show America how special these guys... They get behind the wheel, and they are common men doing uncommon things, but when they get out of the race car... They're just like everybody else, and uh, and I think that's what really makes them uh, more special than any other athlete in any other sport. Well, you're special,
2: too. I mean, to, to, to retell that story, we're, we're really grateful for you uh, today to be on, but uh, to retell that the way that you did, and we're very grateful to you, Matt, for uh, joining us today, and we're glad that your hair looks great and um, that you had such a great time Friday.
4: <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. Always fun to, to check in. and. And now, Mike, do we have any kind of pranks coming up that I need to be involved in? Because, you know, I mean, I'll, it's like Talladega in the draft. You say go to the high side, I'll follow you.
3: We definitely have one. I'm looking at Amanda right now because we definitely have one that we're thinking about. But I can't go too much into it because, you know, it's hard to pull a prank off when you're known to be a prankster. <laughs> so you've got to pick and choose. You can't just fire them off once a week. So we definitely been uh, – we've got an idea, Matt. We'll be in touch. All right. Sounds great, guys. See you, buddy thank you all right,
2: thanks there was one place this weekend you didn't need sunglasses michigan you know will cheer up a rainy day a pair of happy lens glasses and dale junior's signature 88 collection of course come <laughs> a pair of happy lens glasses and dale junior's signature 88 collection of course comes with the happy lens technology visit spyoptic.com to check out all the signature 88 styles pick out your style decide on the color and head to check out where you can enter code NATIONWIDE88 and get 20% off. Did Mike Davis write this again? <laughs> no. You try to throw me off? No, we okay. did. I did. <laughs> All right. Last week, Amanda, I struggled mightily because Davis <laughs> intentionally tried to He's write this so you? I would. Yes. And he laughed He laughed nonstop throughout the whole thing, and I'd read it like 19 times. So I just wanted to see if, if he was the culprit on this uh, once again. Hey, the happy lens is absolutely something that you got to get. I'm a big fan of it. Again, it's got that little smiley face in the top left corner that will make you happy, and the polarized sunglasses are are very good as well. So check out spyoptic.com and make sure you type in that code, Nationwide88. Let's go to Reaction Theater.
4: Junior had the best car today, but they called a caution because one of the Bush boys are up front. That's all you hear from the announcers is about a Bush, 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 Bush. I'm tired of the same announcers uh, bragging on Bushes all the time. They Neither one of them can drive, so <laughs> quit talking about them. And, I, and and that's the only way they can win is when with, with some cautions and stuff. Junior is the man. He should have won the race today. He had the best car. Thank you. <laughs>
3: thank you well with all due respect i think they can drive um i appreciate his opinion but and i tell you what i didn't have nearly as big a problem as kurt bush winning as i did Kyle bush winning the day before because chase elliott finished second
2: well we finished second a lot this weekend now i
1: just realized we lost to those bush boys yeah
2: yeah yeah a lot of uh driving behind the bushes but hey uh i can say my thoughts on the guy that won the race (laughs) for another day i've i've shared them quite a bit on this podcast who's next
4: so all day long you have an awesome car, you run toward the front, but you can't restart for s If you had oh, just restarted, well. like a big driver did, then you would be up front, waiting out the rain to be the winner. But no, you had to let Kurt Busch take his smart ass mm. right around the outside of you. You've got to restart to win this championship. That race was yours.
3: Hey, what about this? What if Dale Jr. had restarted third and not second? and he would restarted
2: behind Larson. Is he your winner? He would have taken the lead. Yeah, I agree. Who's next?
4: It's all Chris Heroy's fault. If he <laughs> wouldn't have left Kyle Larson out trying to get a win when he thought the rain was coming, Junior would have been the first. Junior would have won the damn race. Stupid Chris Heroy.
3: Hmm. Was Chris Heroy not hilarious uh, on yeah. that pit box? Calling for the rain? We call him he Sunshine. Was. That's his nickname, Sunshine, for the – a character in Remember the Titans, the quarterback, you know what I'm talking about?
2: Absolutely. He couldn't and, make that pitch.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, uh, he was wanting that rain so bad. But you know what? He had to do what he did. I mean, I, I don't disagree with what they did, you know?
2: Uh, 100% did the right thing. Who's next?
4: Give me some more Cole Custer, baby. Yep, we need bro. to get a second truck keep running so we can have some cup regulars in the, in, the, in one truck and just give Cole his own truck. I mean, that's, he just He's good. That kid is Good. Now, T.J., uh, you're the world's best spotter, and I, I've heard you say a bunch of times you and Junior got this got this whole restart thing in the bag. Well, what was up, man? Uh, if we had a good restart, we could have took first. We could have been first with the rain delay. We could have had to win. Um, overall, good run, though. Second place, can't complain much about that. Dale, yeah, six beers.
2: I, you know, uh, I I will blame T.J. though. If we need to blame T.J. for a restart, I'm fine with that. Even if it doesn't make any sense and it's totally irrational, we can we can blame. Well, TJ he
3: certainly it. takes credit for when they go well, doesn't he? Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, uh, man,
2: wait. huge weekend. Josh Berry, Cole Custer, uh, and if look, if that guy Mike that called in wants to pay completely for a second truck team I'm, I'm sure junior Motorsports might consider that but yeah, it goes a long that way reaction yeah that reaction theater caller he's gonna have to be on the on the hook for all that money
3: well i tell you what he is right that cole custer is something special i mean he yeah. is, he, he gets after it he, he has that uh, you know what we like to say in the industry is that he hasn't hit the wall yet because you know he drives like he's fearless right well i'm gonna tell you something i think he's got a huge future ahead of him who's next
0: Hey, Dale Jr., and one, I'm one of the biggest fans you have. I'm from Israel, and I love your driving. And I tell everybody you're my cousin, and in the restaurant, I make everybody watch your race. When you come to Daytona, it's called Little Italy. And you're welcome to come in and have pizza. Ask for your cousin, Mario, the guy from Israel.
2: <laughs> so, wait, wait. Mario is from Israel. He claims he's Dale Jr.'s cousin, and he owns an Italian. Little Spot. Italy. It's legit. Daytona. I looked it in up. Daytona. In Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I understand all this. So the Isra- yeah.
3: yeah, the Israeli he's, has an Italian restaurant yeah. in Daytona, and he's Junior's cousin. Got it. Who's ger-
2: and, and, and Junior, who's yeah. German. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's great stuff, man. Uh, junior gets free pizza from his cousin. Who's next?
1: I am going to do my best not to swear and to remain calm. I am beyond extremely disappointed in NASCAR today. This has been a long day, and I get that, but Junior about had this race and could have won this, and we have seen plenty, plenty of rain-delayed races, and they've never been called that quick. There was a good few hours left to try to get this last 60 laps in, and they waited a whole 10 minutes to call this race. People pay to go there. People sit home and wait all day to watch this, and I just think it's wrong that NASCAR calls it so quickly. And I know a lot of other people feel the same way, all over Twitter and Facebook.
2: Mike, it's so tough. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I just don't know that uh, Steve and all those guys at NASCAR could have made a, a different decision because they lost the track in ten minutes. Yeah, you know, so it's going to take a long time to get it uh, back uh, ready to go, and it's going to be eight o'clock or so by that point, and. I think they made the right call. Look, they they don't ever want to have a rain-shortened race. Right. You know, they they don't ever. But I I think that after numerous starts and stops, I think they did the right thing.
3: It's so difficult. I thought our buddy Mike Bagley had said it best on Twitter. Uh, He said, contrary to what some will have you believe, there's more to calling a race than the sun coming back out. And I think he's 100% right. There's a lot of factors. And we don't even know all of them. But there are. I mean, uh, there was also lightning in the area. So, just that's another whole thing. Uh, you know, so I'm, not, listen, I think NASCAR gave that race every opportunity multiple times to get that thing in, and it just didn't cooperate. So, there's you know,
1: also um, a lot of people don't realize this. There's a number of hours, too, that you can have your volunteer, like the track that's workers there. A, of course. And of course. they're there probably at like 4 or 5 a.m. getting stuff going, that, and then, you know, you hit yeah. a day like that you just hit a wall. And, and and to
3: be honest with you, fans are the number one consideration in all the decisions, I think. Uh, you know, I think there's at least the ones that affect the fans. And so yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of people there's a no it's a no win situation. That's for that's a fact. It's a no hey, one win situation.
2: Th- one thing I do want to credit is Fox Sports 1, like during Green Flag Racing, they were showing radar. Like just because that was a huge part of the race, like Okay, here comes the rain. Can Larson make it? You know, and the, right. so they're showing the radar coming while uh, Larson, you know, has the lead there on the uh, before the, the last caution came out and, and he pitted for gas. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, all these people forever in the sport, oh, don't talk about the rain. Don't talk about the rain. That's a big – it's a story. Yeah. It, 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 I, I like the way that FS1 did that on uh, Sunday. All right, who's next?
4: I'm not necessarily very smart, and I don't know much, but – Why is it on so many of these, you know, large tracks with the sweeping turns, it's punitive to be running second? Kurt Busch was running fourth on that last restart, and if the 88 had been starting fourth as opposed to second or third, he probably
5: wins that race. How
4: how do you fix that? Like, you know, it's not sour grapes that makes the race more
5: exciting, but it just seems like so often if you restart on the inside of some of these tracks, it just kills you. Go 88, no beers.
0: I
2: think it's a great point. It's Mike. a good it's point. A, it's, it's a tough deal.
3: Let me add one more point to that, though. Again, I was talking to TJ about this. He goes, if you, if you go back and watch, we didn't have a whole lot of help. The, the The only time we got a push from somebody, it was Kurt Busch, and he went around and took a three wide and passed us. <laughs> so we didn't really have a push. If you remember, I know, I know we didn't play it in this podcast, but uh, right before that last restart, he was uh, TJ was down there with Truex's spotter, saying, hey, we want Truex to push us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Truex never could get enough speed. Junior had a better restart than Truex behind him. So all those, th- all those things factored into him not being able to pass, but we never really got pushes like we got, and I think that probably had to do with the fact that the guys on the inside road just couldn't get the run and carry the speed into the turn that the, that the outside line was. But it was also something to consider. The one time we got pushed down there on a restart, we also got passed.
2: Let's go to the next one.
0: So, Mother Nature sucks... I just want to throw that out there. Here I am down here in South Louisiana. My day outside got ruined because of rain. Like, it's a freaking lake in my front yard. So I'm like, hey, I'll watch the race. Then the cable goes out because lightning struck a pole somewhere. So I'm like, f*** it. I'll watch it on the Internet. And then guess what? The Internet goes down because, again, lightning struck a pole somewhere. So apparently I wasn't supposed to see the race anyway. But, hey, you finished second, Junior, and that's, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, Mother Nature's a bitch. What are you going to do, right? Hashtag, I forgot how many f- years I've had because the cage is empty. <laughs> he's had empty.
4: a lot of issues
3: well look at the number on the case yeah and that that'll give you an idea how many beers you
2: drank That's <laughs> the case is empty oh there's 12 of these in here yeah. wow <laughs> reaction is open 24 7 all you have to do is call toll free 1-855-740-1902 and leave us your voicemail message and we'll play the best each week right here on dirty mo radio
1: Time now for It Takes a Nation, presented by Nationwide.
3: We are joined by late model driver Josh Berry, who won at Langley Speedway, the first of the twin races at Langley Speedway this past weekend. Now, I know you haven't heard this, Josh, but at the beginning of this program, Dale Jr. specifically brought up your name and was raving and beaming about your performance. Uh, so how big was this win at Langley?
5: Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, the You know, being on that Fans Choice TV helped, obviously, because he could watch and, and that's a really cool deal for us because it gets some exposure for our cars and, and races. And it was a track we had never been to, a track that JRM had never been to, I'd never been to. So, it just went and won the first race. So, it's pretty impressive. I mean, do you know that he's watching on fanschoice.tv? <coughs> um, or do you assume it? I had an idea. I, I had text text them to let them know that it was on there. Because we didn't know until we got there that it was a track that was covered by that. And... uh so I let him know, so I had an idea he would probably tune in. Has he
3: ever come to you and and, and talked to you about the race based off what he saw <laughs> on his computer?
5: Mm, not, not really. Really, no, it, well, that's only happened a couple times. It happened uh, um, once last year, and I actually won. And then, uh, you know, the other or this past weekend,
3: you've been winning a lot lately. Yeah, I mean, you've been you've been you win a lot, anyways. Yeah, we. I, but, but you know, you had South Boston uh, a couple weeks ago. You won that twin. Mm-hmm. William won the other one. Mm-hmm. I heard your move. I didn't see it, but I heard your move to win was sick. I mean, is that is that an adequate way to put it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was a pretty good move. It
5: was probably one of my better moves to win. So it's it, sometimes what did you, you do? make sometimes you make those moves and then you crash, but this time it worked out. Well, tell us about the move. Uh, you do? The two leaders bumped together, pretty pretty good off of four, and kind of washed up, and it gave me enough room to go three wide on the bottom and. And that's just a narrow track, so it made it look a lot better than it was. Really, we were just three wide, and I kind of booted them out of the way. But they, uh, the track being so narrow and everything, I think it made it made it look a little bit better. How many
3: laps to go when you do that?
5: Oh, four, I think. Four laps to go and they held on to it. Mm-hmm.
3: Did they get back to you? No. No? <laughs> he was you gotta gone. Hit,
5: you got to hit them hard enough that they don't.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> drivers, uh, the up-and-coming drivers that need some <laughs> advice, there you go. Hit them hard enough they can't get back to you. Cole Custer could have used that advice at Martinsville uh, several weeks ago, right? But, of course, he's done all right, too. When, like, a proven, successful, and in our case, a, an extremely popular driver takes another driver, like an understudy or a protege, under their wings, it's a blessing. No doubt about it, it's a blessing. But it also can create challenges, uh, maybe even in the form of extended notoriety. Uh, you know, everything's under a microscope. So what have been challenges – Understanding that it is a blessing and you are grateful, I get that. We all get that. But what are some challenges it might pose? Do people race you differently? Do, do you ever get the sense that people race you differently because you you run for Dell Jr.?
5: Mm, I don't know if they necessarily race different. You know, they definitely form more of an opinion. You know, if you've uh, you know having way better equipment than other people and and. Uh being rich or something like that you know but really it hasn't too bad I mean the, the pluses are way more than that stuff you know you run into the occasional people that that are bitter about it or fans that aren't happy about it but for the most part you get a lot more support out of them too so it uh I don't think it's really you don't really notice it too much I think um uh, I think a lot of people in the late model community that we race with respect Dale Jr. a lot for what he does and and for I mean just the other night Tweeting about that race being on Langley Speedway and and promoting it for them, it benefits them just as much as it benefits us. You right. know, So, so the, him promoting and supporting short track racing, I think people respect that, and I think that you know they appreciate what he does. Do for you
3: ever it. tell people that, like, hey, look, you're getting you're you're getting some uh, of of the the plus side of this too, you know?
5: Uh, <laughs> I mean, if somebody really come at me, I would tell them. But <laughs> but really nobody me. comes at you. Yeah. I mean, not, not with
3: them guns. No, no, no. No. You had been in some mix-ups this year, though. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah a couple. Um, I'd it, say
5: that's probably one of the negatives, too, because when you do something bad, they want to publish about you just as much as when you do something good. <laughs> that,
3: that's a good point. So that would be a challenge, like the, the notoriety part of, yeah, if you mess up, because you're going to mess up here and there. You're you're learning as you're a young driver. I mm-hmm. mean, you're not perfect, but, uh, but you've got so many wins. I mean, I, I would almost think that with running for Dale Jr., comes in a certain expectation that other people don't have a certain standard you can be booted out just as quickly as you can be brought in is mm-hmm. that not right yeah it, you've been able to sustain a sponsor Speedco has been a support of yours now for four, years. four, four or four five years, years I was going to say five years, yeah. Um. you know you've won more races as a late model driver than anybody else that's ever been you've really taken our late model program to the next level but with that comes pressure too mm-hmm. would you say that
5: yeah I think after last year as much as we won yeah, there's definitely definitely pressure to continue to do that you know and and it's even harder this year because we're running different tracks every week and stuff like you're talking about so it's definitely been a challenge and but honestly I feel like we've been better this year than we have last year and we still won five times but we I mean I honestly think we could have won 10 times I mean we've had several that we've been right there and had stuff happen at the end or just missed it by a little bit so I mean we've been good and but the I think the pressure I don't know necessarily within you know the company or not is just within our, our team you know when you perform like that you don't want to you know take a step backwards the next year right
3: not counting Dale Jr. What is another driver in any series in any racing series that you look at their style their approach their mentality and say that's what I want to be I
5: would say Kevin Harvick yeah I, I really I, I never really had an appreciation. you know I didn't appreciate what he did until he come over here and, you know, moved to Stuart Haas and JRM and and started changing – I've followed him more closely. And I really think a lot of him – he helped me a good bit before I ran Iowa and Homestead last year. And, I mean, I remember before Homestead, I texted him and I'm like, hey, I know you got a lot going on, but – and if you don't want it to – you know, if you don't text me back, I'm not going to take it personal or nothing. But he wrote me back about a three-page long text about Homestead and stuff and stuff like that, you know. I think that stuff means more to me than you know watching what you see on TV. You know, that's something that you know he didn't have to do that, and I, and I didn't expect him to do it. But the fact that he did shows that you know he's a good guy.
3: Th- that's a great point. I'm glad you even said that because the thing about Kevin Harvick that I don't think people understand is how much he wants the program to succeed. He, things that he doesn't even directly influence or touch, like the late model program. He's not running late models for us, and he honestly could do so. He, he didn't even have to reply to that text, but. Kevin Harvick, the Kevin Harvick we've come to know the past two years is somebody that wants everything to flourish, regardless if he's directly uh, involved in it. And that's a great example. I mean, he is up here. When it comes to sponsorships, he is more involved than anybody I've ever seen, and he doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a great point. And plus, he does pretty good on the track, too. Yeah,
5: yeah he can definitely drive.
3: Well, listen. How can people follow you and and keep up with all of the stuff you got going on? Jrmracing.com is a good place, but uh, some of your personal like your Twitter account. what, what is that?
5: Twitter is Josh Berry, um, and we'll we post a good bit from there. Ma- mainly, that is probably the best way to do it. And, you know, we post where we're racing and what what we got going on. And uh, Williams is William Byron, I believe. So uh, those those two would be good two, two good follows.
3: Two good follows. Well, Josh, thank you for being on Takes a Nation here. Um, you Like I said, I, I won't go into all that. I won't kiss your butt too much here. Uh, but the fact is is that you're the most successful late model driver that's ever been in this shop, and this program has grown exponentially. In fact, I would even say that William Byron has a lot to be grateful for just in what you've established for him to step up in. Um, this this late model program, it's it's a pride of Dale Jr.'s. If you haven't noticed that just on his Twitter feed, he, he – He beams about you guys, and so do we. So we're grateful for all you've done, and I'm really appreciative that you came by here, Dirty Mo Radio, and uh, we're on this segment. So thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right, folks, listen today, Nationwide is launching a new video series that features Dale Jr., Kelly, our man J.R. Rhodes, Greg Ives, Amy. Each of these influential people in Dale's life will give you an insider view in all these things, Dale Jr. You'll get to hear about Victory Lane celebrations, fantasy football, how Dale got into racing. You'll get to hear from Junior Nation. Yes, there's even some fans involved. And that, I'm going to just tell you, is a really good video. And you'll also get to see some classic pictures of Dale growing up. So you can check these videos out every week for the next 12 weeks, every Tuesday at Nationwide88 on Facebook and Twitter. Again, Nationwide88 is your follow. This video series they're about to launch, I'm telling you, it is awesome. It's a playoff of the commercial that you see every week. Follow Nationwide 88. Check out these videos for the next 12 weeks. You'll be glad you did. And remember, Nationwide is on your side.
1: This is Tiff Daniels with a look at what's coming up this week on Dirty Mo' Radio. Wednesday, I'll be filling in for Kelly again on Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals. And I'll be joined by driver and triathlete Landon Castle. On Thursday, Regan Smith and Heath White will be back with another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale. Dale Jr. is in Germany this week, and Cup has an off weekend, but this gives you a chance to get caught up on his recent press conferences on said Jr., presented by Nationwide. Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available free of charge 24-7 on DaleJr.com, iTunes, and all major podcasting outlets.
2: Let's throw the white flag.
4: White flag right there, white flag.
3: Well, Dale Jr. is in Germany, so that means we're all on vacation, Amanda. Let's leave. You ready? <laughs> Actually, that's not that true. I We've got a uh, truck race at Iowa Speedway Friday night and the Xfinity Series race at Chicagoland Speedway Saturday night. So uh, last week's truck series winner, Cole Custer, will be back in the double zero Haas Automation Chevy Silverado. That race Friday at Iowa is 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central on Fox Sports 1. I get it. It's Silverado. I just like to call it Silverado. I know if somebody out there is sitting there correcting me already. They're, and they're writing their tweet. The Xfinity Series is at Chicagoland Speedway. It'll feature Ben Rhodes' return to the seat of the number 88 Alpha Chevrolet. He'll join teammates Regan Smith and Chase Elliott for the Saturday race at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Central. Is that right? 9.30 p.m. Eastern? It's
1: an evening race. I always I remember so. that in Chicago because you got the central time zone you're working with.
3: Still, 9.30 Saturday night. How about that, Taylor?
2: Uh, yeah, be so, ready. I'll be... I'll be uh, in in Seattle, so that's a uh, – man, I am all messed up. Come out yeah. to the West Coast, yeah. and you don't ever know what time it <laughs> right,
3: is. Right, right. I, I'll i quit my complaining right there. <laughs> that race will be televised on Fox Sports 1. Now, a couple of sponsored promotions that I'd like to invite you to be a part of. First, Hellman's has launched a summer social media campaign yesterday, and it ends tomorrow. It's, not, it's, it's a summer social media campaign, but it ain't a long one. All right, so go to Twitter at Hellman's. And Facebook, it's just facebook.com backslash hellmans to vote hashtag Team Dale or hashtag Team Regan. Now, not even bother telling you what they're arguing over. You just go there and find out, and then you can vote. America's Power is wanting to send you to Homestead Miami Speedway for the championship weekend and an all expenses paid trip. It includes a meet and greet with Dell Jr. Go to America'sPower.org backslash meet Dale to learn more and enter or follow them on Twitter at America's Power. All right, and lastly, Taylor, we already talked about uh, in Takes a Nation about the video series that's coming out. You will definitely want to see that. It's incredible. Uh, but I'll also say this about Nationwide. They're giving you a chance to ride shotgun with Dell Jr. at his foundation ride-along day in October. All you have to do is visit omaze.com backslash Dell Jr. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com backslash Dell Jr. to make a $10 donation benefiting Nationwide Children's Hospital Increase the levels of donations, and that gives you more chances to win while unlocking exclusive rewards like T-shirts, autographed items, etc. Again, go to omaze.com dot backslash Dale Junior and Taylor. That is it.
2: Great stuff this week for Ralph Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, whose family's originally from Germany. For cousins Amanda, are in Italy <laughs> and Israel. Uh, for That's Amanda right. Troutman Wolfmeyer. For uh, Michael Sabin Davis <laughs> I'm Robert Taylor Zarzer You've been listening to the Dale Jr. Download Presented by Spy
0: Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio
3: Amanda, let me tell you what's been going on at my house lately This is something that me and my little two-year-old daughter do She has gotten into this kick She thinks it's hilarious Where she gives me her sunglasses and she takes mine and we put them on so i put on these little bitty sunglasses yeah and i look really funny at them and i mean she laughs because i do look funny at them. and i mean then she puts on my spy sunglasses my favorites and i you know, we've we said know the saga the, yes, those, the favorite spies. right so <laughs> it, and we're laughing and we're cutting up but then i all of a sudden don't enjoy the moment as much because i'm worried that she's going to do something to my sunglasses and that's going to be a big problem, and I don't think I can mask that. I don't think I can bite the bullet or bite my tongue and say, hey, uh, everything's great, when I know that it's not. <laughs> is that a problem? Am I a bad dad at that point, or should I just enjoy the moment?
1: Sharing is caring, Mike. Okay. Now, like, I, don't <laughs> I think mi- that you should let her have the sunglasses.
3: I don't mind wearing her sunglasses, these little things. She thinks I look like Mr. Potato Head, and I do because <laughs> they're, they're really small. And I don't mind doing that. I'm goofy. I like to have fun. We laugh. But I do have a problem with her putting on mine.
1: (laughs) You know you can get another pair.
3: I know, but I really like this (laughs) pair. Like, these are my babies now. Uh, Like, I got two daughters and my sunglasses. Those are my kids.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. It's weird. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you ever need another pair, you can go to spyoptic.com, and you'll get 20% off if you enter discount code Nationwide88. That's true. I can't do that. You can redeem yourself.
3: I can't do that.